Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this episode, Pastor Eric preaches from the book of John about the triumphal entry of Christ. Jesus' acts preceding his death demonstrated both his humility and power. Jesus' death produced the fruit of salvation for those who accept him as Lord and Savior. Jesus came for redemption and glory, both past and future. We can rest assured in our salvation because of the glorious, atoning work of Jesus Christ if we die to our sins and submit ourselves to him. And now, here's Pastor Eric. Jesus entered Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday that Jerusalem had swelled, at least the city size had had swollen because Passover was near and Jerusalem was like the Jewish capital of the world at that time, still is, right? And and people flocked there uh, to celebrate. And so it was crowded. But as as Jesus rode in to the city on the donkey, there there were those, I don't know how many, but there were those who were celebrating Jesus. They were celebrating Jesus as the Messiah, as the King of Israel. I thought about that this this week. Uh, My family and I, um, uh, thanks for letting us get away. We went to Washington, D.C. for for spring break. I'm just learning now that I'm running out of spring breaks with my kids, you know, with a daughter in high school. And so I guess now I'm kind of like seeing it as like, these are crunch times. I get one week in the spring and I get basically one week in the summer and that's the time to do things, right? So I encourage you, you need to do those things. And so we went to Washington, D.C. Um, they'd never been, but I'd been a couple times. And so we went and we, we did like, you know, uh, 30,000 step days. <laughs> you know, we just walked all over the place and saw monuments and museums and other things. But something special happened while we were there. It's actually historic. And that was uh, Miss Jackson became nominated for the, the Supreme Court, right? The first female black justice. And I don't, I don't care what your view is on her or, or not. I don't even know what my view on her is, is or not yet. I hadn't cu- kept up with it that close. But I said, look, as we were walking around right there, they were voting to confirm her. And so on the next day, there was going to be a, a celebration party at the Supreme Court, right there on the, well, not on the steps, but, but right there on the sidewalk. And I said, we are going. I said, this is something historic. I said, we have got, we were here like when this happened, like for life. I was like, we've got to go to this. And so we go and the kids are kind of like, we don't know what we're getting into, right? This is kind of some kind of political rally. And we're there and we're, they're handing out like free posters and glasses and stickers. I'm like, collect this stuff. We're going to bag it up with our picture. You're going to save this one day. You know, this will be worth money or you give it, give it to your kids or something. You were here. And so, uh, man, there's a celebration. There's a band going and there's all this stuff, you know, that's, that's so neat there. And, and, um, and then we were able to go up to the Supreme Court. And they were real careful to make sure that I took those posters and rolled those with the, the white showing. Uh, couldn't have anything showing. And we go up to the court. And I'm like, unroll it and show the poster. And I'm going to take you. So I did. And then when we go back down, and then I'm like, Caleb, I want to get the, the crowd. And so I'm there. And then the Capitol Police come and say, uh, sir, you can't do that. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll roll it back up, you know. And so I'm like, I got in trouble. I feel like I was at Woodstock or I don't know, I, some kind of protest or something. Yeah, I got in trouble. But uh, Anyways, uh, I I say all that to to say this. It made me think about Palm Sunday. 
because I thought, you know, there were, most people in D.C. had no idea that that was going on. There was this, it was a crowd there, but it wasn't a huge crowd. The bigger crowds were at the Smithsonian's and the monuments, and there were other people that had no idea. But there were some people there that were celebrating this. And I thought, that must have been what it was like for Jesus. I mean, most people are just concerned about Passover, and they're in Jerusalem. But there were some that were excited about Jesus and, and were celebrating Jesus and waving the palm branches and reciting the Psalms and, and saying, save us, save us. Now, that rally, it was different, but it, but it had some similarities. And I thought, wow, that, you know, they're, they're, most of the world did not understand what was happening at that triumphal entry, but there were those that, that, that loved Jesus, that were worshiping Jesus uh, in that way. And, and that's what we come to today. Now, as we come today, we're, we're also going to come to the table, uh, to the bread, and, and to the cup. But I want to look at John chapter 12, and we'll see the triumphal entry but I want us to see today a sermon I've titled, Jesus, the Grain of Wheat. Jesus, the Grain of Wheat. I want you today to begin to think about Jesus as the grain of wheat. The Apostle Paul says something in 1 Corinthians 15.36. We'll put it on the screen for you. 1 Corinthians 15.36, Paul's words, What you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. In 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about the resurrection, first of Christ, but then of Christians. And he says this in the 36th verse, what you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. And I wonder, where does he get that? Well, he must have got it from Jesus' words in John chapter 12. Verse 24 says this, you see it on the screen. Verily, verily, truly, truly, in the Greek, amen, amen. I say to you, unless, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. What you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. When you think about Jesus, what you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. Jesus said, unless that grain of wheat falls into the earth, is buried and covered and dies, it's going to remain alone. But if it dies, if He dies, if we die, it, it bears much fruit. So today, I want us to think about Jesus' life and death. This week is a week when we think about Jesus' life and death, but also to think about our life and to think about our death. Jesus, the grain of wheat. We're going to look at, at several different points in John chapter 12. We'll put these on the screen. We're going to first look at Jesus and Mary in verses 1 through 8. Jesus and Mary at a special dinner. And then we'll look at Jesus and Lazarus because He's there and He's mentioned and He plays a part so much, even in the death of Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus in Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. And then Jesus and the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus. We'll see Jesus and the Father, the voice from heaven that breaks through the silence. And then Jesus and the cross in the last few verses there. Let's look at the first eight and let's see Jesus and Mary. The Bible says in the Gospel of John chapter 12, page 898 in that Black Pew Bible, that's our gift to you today. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was. Right? Do you remember Lazarus? The one whose bones did rattle as he came back to life. Uh, amazing resurrection power. Lazarus was there. We have to remember Jesus, the one that raised Lazarus. This is something special, probably to celebrate that, probably for Lazarus and Mary and Martha to honor Jesus for that. So verse 2 says, so they gave a dinner for him there. Maybe this is a special dinner for Jesus. Obviously it is because of what we're going to see take place. 
Martha served as she does. And Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table, right? You don't eat like the Last Supper of, of Da Vinci. You eat reclining at a table. That's the Jewish way, on a side. And that's the way they would have eat, eaten, and, and Lazarus was there, right? Wow, the one that Jesus resurrected. Verse 3, Mary, therefore, right, because of probably the past or the history, because Lazarus was alive and there, because Jesus was there, and this is special, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment, and it was expensive. Let's just say in our day, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe we could say $30,000. I mean, it was 300 days wages. So whatever your annual is, take you know uh, a lot of that. <laughs> Not 365, but take 300. Um, it's expensive. The Bible says it was made from pure nard, and she anointed the feet of Jesus. She anointed Jesus, and she wiped his feet with her hair. Wow, just invested all of her in her beautiful worship. The house was filled with the fragrance of that worship and that sacrifice of that perfume. Verse 4, but, contrast, Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, it was so close, the betrayer, Judas, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii? That's what it would have been worth. 300 days wages. And given to the poor. Did he care about the poor? Verse 6 says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He wasn't just a betrayer, he was a thief. Having charge of the money bag, he's the treasure, but he stole it. He said he used it to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said to him, leave her alone, Judas, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Keep the worship, keep the sacrifice, keep the devotion that she has perhaps for the day of my burial, he says this, and we need to note it, the poor you'll always have with you, but you'll not always have me. We see Jesus and Mary. Jesus is the one that gives life to, for this family, life to Lazarus. And we're also going to see these two things, life and glory, life and glory. Just notice them all throughout today, life and glory. And Jesus gets the glory. He is the giver of life. Mary is glorifying Jesus and there's two people that are contrasted. One that anoints for burial and one that betrays for burial. Mary would anoint for burial and Judas would betray for burial. And Mary would, would, Mary would give. She would, number one, we need to see that Mary would give an excessive gift to Jesus. It is excessive. And that's okay. Number two, we need to see that Mary poured out love and affection. That's what she was really pouring on Jesus. Her love, her affection. Judas had no affection except for money. Number three, she pours sacrifice and devotion. How she came into contact with this is this great of a gift. It's, it's, it's uh, debated. It's amazing. This is a great sacrifice. This is great devotion. We could say this, number four, that Mary got it. Where... The others didn't. Judas didn't. We could say maybe this is like a woman's intuition. I wonder if she really gets it that he's about to die and she anoints Jesus for his burial. Number five, we could say this about Mary. She was misunderstood. She was criticized for this. I love this. As we approach this week, we ask, what do we pour on Jesus? Love, devotion, our affection, sacrifice, or do we hold it back? 
she anoints for his burial. He betrays for the burial. Let's keep going. See Jesus and Lazarus next. Lazarus is there. Look at verses 9 through 11. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came. Why? Not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. They followed and they want to see Jesus. Why? Because he's the one who has resurrection power. He's the one who raised Lazarus. And so they gather. They want to see Lazarus. Is he really the dead man that walks? And who is this Jesus? Let's see him. Verse 10. So the chief priests, they made plans to put Lazarus to death. They want to kill Jesus and they'll have their way. But they also want to kill Lazarus because he's a testimony to Jesus and Jesus' power. So verse 10 says the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Because on account of him... Many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. I love that. We give testimony to Jesus. We point to him. Lazarus points to his resurrection power. Next, we see Jesus in Jerusalem. Look at Jesus in Jerusalem, verse 12. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast, to Jerusalem, to Passover, they heard that Jesus was coming. So we know it's a large crowd, right? How large? I don't know. So they took branches of palm trees and they went to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, save salvation from the Psalms. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. They're recognizing him. At least this crowd is. They're recognizing him as the King of Israel, as the Messiah. They too, they, they get it. Verse 14, And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, out of Zechariah, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Look at verse 16. His disciples didn't understand these things at first. They didn't understand that Scripture was being fulfilled in their midst. But they said this, But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about Him. Ah, oh, they got it later on. And when he was glorified, yes, that's, that's what that was. That's what that event was. They remember these things that had been written about him and had been done to him. Verse 17, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. They continued to talk about the resurrection of Lazarus. Verse 18, the reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see, you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Look, the whole world's gone after him. Well, not really, but almost. And eventually we would, right? But all people, we're about to see Greeks that are going after Jesus. The whole world's going after Jesus. He's, he's receiving glory and they don't like it. Glory because He has resurrection power, because He gives life. Everybody's going after Him, it seems. So we see Jesus and Mary. I want you to think about that this week. and Jesus and Lazarus and Jesus in Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna. Now let's see Jesus and the Greeks. It's where our key verse comes from. Look at verses 20 through 26. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. Maybe Gentiles, maybe uh, Greek-speaking Jews, the Greeks, so they came to Philip. He has a Greek name. 
um, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. They are going after him. They do want to see Jesus. And so Philip went and told Andrew, verse 22, Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Andrew's always bringing people to Jesus. Always in Scripture. He's the disciple that brings people to Jesus. So Philip must know. Philip's the by-the-book guy. He's the bean-counter guy if you study him. But he goes and gets Andrew. Andrew, you're the guy that's always, so let's all take these guys to Jesus. They want to see Jesus. Verse 23. We need to be like Andrew. Take people to Jesus. And Jesus answered them, verse 23, the hour has come. For the Son of Man, Messianic title from Daniel even, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. There are four times previously where Jesus had said, my hour has not come. The hour is not here. Do a a little word study about that that phrase, the hour. It's so neat. You see Jesus talking about the hour. Previously, four times he said, my hour's not here yet. The hour's not here. Now he said, the hour's come. It's here. It's here. The hour. He's referring to that glorious plan of redemption. His death, his burial, his resurrection. It's here. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. You know, there are two kinds of glories, right? There's a worldly glory. I guess Miss Jackson got that kind of glory. Our athletes get that kind of glory. There's a worldly glory, but there's also a spiritual glory, and that's different. Jesus wasn't going to get the worldly glory, but he would get the spiritual glory, the right kind of glory. We should always remember that, that spiritual glory looks different than worldly glory. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, not in a worldly way, you'll be put on a cross, but in a spiritual way, in a heavenly way, in a right way. Verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat, he's talking about himself, right? Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth, because that's the hour, this plan of redemption, I have to die. The grain of wheat has to fall into the earth and be covered and be buried. If it, if it just stays, it remains alone. But if it dies, it's going to produce, it's going to bear much fruit. Verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I think he's talking about his life, but also ours. So when we think about his life, but also he didn't love his life so much, he, he was willing to lose it. But in losing it, he raised it up for eternal life. And for us, it's the same, right? We're, we're given that same command, even in other parts of the Bible and other scriptures, Luke chapter 9, right? Whoever loves his life loses it, but whoever hates his life and loses his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Look at verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It doesn't come to life unless it dies. And so like a seed, Jesus' death equals reproduction. Like that seed, Jesus' death would equal multiplication. It it dies in order to to reproduce. And look, man, look around the world today, right? Praise God, because of your offering, Brother Aswell and Pastor Christian were able to secure a piece of property in Zambia, Africa, where the church is. The church is flourished. The whole world is coming after Jesus. And you gave, and I got some great pictures. Brother Aswell will bring us a report. He's on his way back. Let's pray for safety. But yeah, it's, the gospel has spread and spread and multiplied and reproduced all over. Like a seed, the cross equals reproduction. It equals multiplication and really glorification. And think about that seed. Think about Jesus as that grain of wheat. A seed has to be buried, hidden, 
and changed. And that's what happened. Jesus was buried. He was hidden for three days, but He was changed. For us, it will be similar. And Jesus says, and when you do that, it will result in glory. A spiritual type of glory. But how does the glory come? Look at the pattern in verse 26. The pattern seems to be this. Our glory comes this way. Follow Jesus. Serve Jesus. Be with Jesus. And be honored by the Father. Look at verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Follow Jesus. Serve Jesus. And where I am, be with Jesus. My servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Be honored by the Father. That's the way the glory comes. So we too, we, we die in order to live. Jesus continues to, to speak and we see Jesus and the Father. Look at verse 27 through 30, how it continues. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I told you many times, there are three times the voice of the Father breaks through the silence at His baptism, at the transfiguration, and here. The voice breaks through the silence. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said the angel had, an angel had spoken to him. They don't know what, quite how to take that sound. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. He says, look, I've, I've come for redemption. Jesus had two purposes, redemption and glory. To provide redemption to man and to provide glory to the Father. He said, I'm not going to pray. The hour's here. I'm not going to pray. Save me from this hour. This is why I've come. Father, glorify your name. I've come for redemption and I've come for glory. And the voice of the Father says, I have glorified it. I'll glorify it again. What are, what are those two glories? I have glorified it. I will glorify it again. Those are two glories. What were the two glories? One past and another future. I think it was this, Jesus' life and Jesus' resurrection his, and His return. I have glorified it in your life. And I will glorify it again in the resurrection and even in your return. We last see Jesus in the cross as we come to the table. Look at the last few verses, verses 31 through 36. Now is the judgment of this world, Jesus says. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth. That's a saying for crucifixion, to be lifted up. He was lifted up. He was crucified. When I, was, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Africans, Americans, Greeks, Jews, doesn't matter. It'll reproduce. I die in order to reproduce like the seed. Verse 33 says, He said this to show by what kind of death He was going to die. So the crowd answered Him, We've heard from the law that the Christ, the Messiah, remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? How are you going to die? We, the, the, we believe that the Messiah will reign on David's throne for forever. We don't understand this. Yeah, but... In order to live forever, I have to die. In order to be glorified and to be on that throne, we have to be buried first. It has to, it has to be like the grain of wheat. 
But if it will, it all it'll multiply, it'll reproduce. So Jesus said to them, the light's among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Jesus talks about our humiliation, His humiliation. It's humiliation that leads to glorification. We see honor and glory given to Jesus. It starts with Mary. Honoring the Lord, honoring glory to Jesus. We see what's required, humility and worship by us. And we see Jesus headed towards the cross for, for our redemption. This is the gospel. This is, this is what we celebrate today, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that He gave His life for us, that He went through this for us. We come to the table, we remember His body, we remember the sacrifice, and, and we're headed this week to Calvary and to, to know that that's the only payment for our sins, that there's forgiveness available. And so we forsake all and we trust Christ. We follow Him, we serve Him, that we'll be with Him, and that we'll one day be honored with the Father. We too die in order to live. We, we humble ourselves in order to glorify Christ. And so I, I, I love this passage. I, I love what Paul says, what you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. And we see now that Jesus, the grain of wheat, has now become the bread of life. Amen? The grain of wheat has now become buried, hidden, changed, resurrected, fruitful. It's now become the bread of life for you and for me and for the world. And we eat and drink in remembrance of Christ, but also in remembrance of the church and with others. And so I pray that this week that, that you would honor and glorify the Son as we were driving back yesterday, I was just thinking about this and listening to others' sermons about it and commentary about this passage of, of John chapter 12. I, I just thought of an image, and, and we'll put it on the screen for you. And I was thinking about Christ Jesus. And uh, you can't really see the black, and maybe you can on this one, but some arrows. What's the way to life for Jesus Death. You have to go through death in order to get life for the seed as well. It's what this week, it's what this, it's what the cross, Good Friday, Easter Sunday is all about. For Jesus, the, the way to life and eternal life for Him, for us, and it's to go through death, but also for glory. The way to glory, that, that hour, it, it's weird, it's not the world way, but it's for that glory to come and for Jesus to be glorified, it would be through death. Death means life. It's the paradox of Christianity. Death means glory. You die to self. Right? But also not just Jesus, but us. It's us too. We go through death. We die to self in order to live. If we want to glorify Jesus the way Mary did, we also die and sacrifice. So it's for Jesus and for us. It's the way to life and glory. It's death. And that's what this week and where we're headed Friday and Sunday's all about. I'm thankful that, that Jesus is the bread of life. I'm thankful that Jesus was lifted up. I'm thankful that the stone was rolled away.
And I pray that you have eternal life in his name today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.